I'm going to let it start with uh, what you said before. Oh, were you recording when I said that? Yeah, well, now I'm going to have to let it start that way. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's no, start. No, you should. I liked it. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'll start that way now? Let's start this shit. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith. My name is Tori Potenza. Uh, this is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No, it is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons. We can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at gmail.com and on moviejohn.com. That is the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Yeah. And we are now officially on Spotify. Woo. Which, so, you yeah. know, by the time this episode is coming out, we've been on Spotify for a while. Yeah, so uh, we've been on Spotify. Yeah, so hopefully you, that's where you're listening to us. <laughs> you could be listening to yeah. us right now. Uh, our work is by Alex Schneider, and our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. Thank you all so much for uh, making the show awesome. Yeah. And uh, today, our B-movie icon... Is Linda Blair. Linda Blair. We're so excited to talk about her. Can't wait to talk about Linda Blair. Yeah. Have become a big fan of her in recent years. Yeah. Uh, very stoked to talk about her. But first, let's talk about like some stuff that we have been watching. Well, we've mostly been watching Linda Blair movies. True. Except we did watch a mega B movie from 2021, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, which... Um, yeah, I mean, it was fine. My biggest complaint, which is not really a complaint I usually have with movies, but I just didn't need there to be plot in this movie, and they kept <laughs> trying to force plot on me. I just wanted to watch people rip each other apart. Yeah. And when that's what they were doing, that movie was great. Otherwise, I was like... Yeah, yeah. I didn't like that that movie, really. There were like three really good, intense moments of gore that were like genuinely like, oh my God, this yeah. is so over the top that I was like, okay, this is impressive. Yeah. And like literally everything else about it, I was not that into. I mean, there's like a blood dagger that Sub-Zero uses at Pretty the cool. end. And it's like, that might be one of the coolest movie things <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, but the rest of the movie was really mediocre. And you have, uh, who is it? Joe Taslin? Uh, yeah, Joe Taslin. Is Sub-Zero. And he's like a one. He's a great fighter. Two. Yes. He's a very good looking man. Yes. You barely see his face, and the film editing is so shitty in this. You don't even get to like actually see the fighting yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, there is fight scenes, but yeah. like it's edited in such a way that you don't get to see the like how impactful it is, like you do in movies like The Raid that like people know him from. Because I. I'm usually quick to agree with you that I don't give a fuck about this movie's plot, et cetera, et cetera. As long as, like, the fighting is good and cool. That's, that's a and thing. And it just, like, none of that yeah. works, really, It got in real this movie. gory at times. Yes. And that that's was what I mean. awesome. The gore moments are, like, genuinely yeah. wild and intense yeah. in a way that I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, there's, like, people really put thought and effort into this, yeah. and it's wild. But just give me more of that. Yeah. Especially because, had, oh, yeah, that opening yeah. fight scene is actually pretty good, I think. And then the... Like, last 10, 15 minutes are pretty good, too. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the whole middle of that, yeah. stuff was happening. And I'm like, man, I'm really bored. And then when the fight started ramping up again, I'm like, 
oh, this is all I needed from this movie. Yeah, and I mean, even some of the fights, I agree with you, like the the opening and the closing, you know, it's like a good rock concert, you open strong, you close strong, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter what happens in the middle, but like, in the middle, there are lots of fight scenes, but they're not good, like, they're really, I did not like the way they were shot and edited, they were just like, I couldn't really tell what was happening, no. I didn't get to enjoy, and it's just like, if the movie's not gonna be good, that's fine, as long as like, the stuff yeah. in the movie is cool, and it's just like, yeah. it didn't get there for me. Really. Also, most people that were cast in the movie were not people I like knew from stuff. <laughs> you commented at some point that like everybody was a knockoff everyone, of someone else. Everyone that you were looked into. like a knockoff yeah. version. Like the really annoying guy. What, what was his name? Kano. The fuck. I yeah, mean, I Kano, hated that character. Kano looked like a off-brand version of Chris Hemsworth. I was sure, like, yeah. why wouldn't you just, like, like Chris Hemsworth should be in this movie, yeah. and he would be funnier, because yeah. he, he would do the douchebag thing funny. Yeah. This guy was just douchey, and yeah. you just wanted him to He was to very aggravating. Die. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone was an off-brand version. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it, because... The rest of the stuff we've been watching is Linda Blair stuff. Oh, is it starting to rain outside? I Here. think so. That was I got oh, okay. distracted by the wonderful sound of yeah, rain falling out our window. You know, the end of April, yes. and it's ungodly hot already uh, because we live in like a swamp place. Yeah, we're having like a summer feeling day here. <sighs> it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, I was going to say, like, I have been watching these Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I watched the second one before you got home from work today. Oh. And it was rad as hell. It has some incredible action sequences mm. in it. And it actually was, I was thinking about Mortal Kombat while I was watching it because it also has, like, very fast-paced fighting mm-hmm. that is really rapidly edited it is not the like wide frames, good choreography. Mm-hmm. It's very tight. It's very fast, but it's great. Yeah, it's really, really good, and it made me realize like that. That doesn't even ma- like I usually think of like oh, this rapid editing is bad for action. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like there is a way to do that and it be stylish and interesting, yeah. and it just isn't in yeah. Mortal Kombat. But in these, it's great. It's like it. It all. I mean. Yeah. These movies very strongly remind me of the Tea House sequence in Kill Bill. Mm. These movies have that like really fountain blood splatter type yeah. stuff. Um and but they're really good. They're like very um you know sort of John Wick is the modern example of this, but mm-hmm. they're like very like stoic miserable action hero versus the mm. world kind of movies, you yeah. know. Um but they're like really entertaining and they're really kind of like I don't know. They're really artfully done. The The action is just like so cinematic and crazy. Mm-hmm. And especially in the second one. Uh, the second one's called um, Lone Wolf and Cub Baby Cart to River Sticks. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, the baby cart literally is a weapon in this movie. At one point, the baby, who's literally like a one-year-old infant, like like punches the side of the baby mm. cart and a dagger like flies out of the handle and kills a well, guy. And the river sticks is like in mythology. Yeah. That's how you go to the underworld. Yes. So it's like baby cart to hell. Essentially. Yes. They, like... they have he, uh, uh, the, the father, the lone wolf and his cub have dedicated themselves to the demon way, quote yeah. unquote. And they are on their way to hell. That is literally the journey they have decided they are set out upon. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah, it's they're great. I really like these movies. <laughs> I like the demon path. Uh, okay, but here's the fucking really cool thing. The guy that plays Pops on Kamen Rider is, is a ninja leader in this movie. Whoa. And there's like a scene where he's like, 
like literally like hanging from the ceiling of like this meeting that's happening, but he's such a good ninja, he's like perfectly invisible in the shadows. Whoa. I was like, I fucking love this. Uh, a woman oh, that was in a bunch of the Suzuki movies that I watched on Criterion Collection mm-hmm. uh, plays like a ninja clan leader. There's like this clan of female ninja warriors in this movie that are cool. awesome. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Pops comes in and is like, hey, I might need your help. And she's like, what do you mean need my help? And he's like, well, you know, in case my ninja warriors fail, I might need your lady ninja warriors. And she's like, I'm sorry, my lady and ninja warriors are so good. We don't need your warriors. We only need my lady ninja warriors. She's like, give me your best fighter. And he's like, well, okay, what could you need them for? And then she just sends her like whole clan of lady ninjas on him and they literally tear him limb from limb and throw his carcass like into the garden. Sounds great. It's awesome. It's a really cool movie. Cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, well, let's talk about Linda Blair. Let's do it. Yeah, let's let's get into this. Uh, so, yes, I mean, Linda Blair, everyone mostly just knows from The Exorcist. Yes. So we'll definitely talk about The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, one of the things I found, because we haven't really done a person like this before. Okay. Where they're kind of just known for this one role. Yeah, this like one iconic role. Almost like a superstar, yeah. and right? And it's not even like a franchise person like a Robert England, where right. everyone knows he like does all the Freddies. It's like she like did... This one exorcist movie and like one, it maybe kind of ruined parts of her life and yes, childhood. Right. Uh, but two, like that's all people ever want to talk about. So like I was looking up interviews with her and pretty much every interview is like people asking her about The Exorcist. Yeah, it was hard to find anything on like yeah, any of Yeah, which other sucks movies. because we watched a bunch of other cool movies and yeah. one of them we're gonna talk about is like one of my favorite B movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I can't find like cool interviews. Uh, which like now that I'm thinking about it, I probably could have looked at the Blu-ray and seen if there were any. <laughs> oh, certainly. But I, I'm like. Like just realizing that now. I'm sure there's something on the Blu-ray, um, but yes, I, I, but generally speaking, I like I understand what you mean, and that is a weird problem with yeah. like, and I can I imagine a weird problem in her life as well, which For is sure. just like, yeah. cannot get out from under the shadow of this movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, besides doing The Exorcist, uh, Linda Blair has uh, 76 acting credits. Um, she was born January 22nd, 1959, in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, in the 70s, she was peer pressured into, uh, oh, wait, this is like out of order. Sorry. It's oh, a thing we'll talk about later. Oh, okay. Um, so she uh, was kind of known as a child star. So before she had her like big like role, her big break as Reagan, um, she appeared in 75 commercials and hundreds of magazine catalogs by the time she was 12. Whoa, that is wild. Yeah. So, so she was like a child star, child star, child star. Yes. So she, yeah, her parents were like, you know, you're going to, like she, what she talks about is how she always wanted to be a veterinarian. Whoa. But her parents were like, well, you got to do something to like, Bring money into the house. If you want to pursue your interests and the things you love, you need to make money to do those things and finance those things. Um, She's also like loved horses and stuff too, um, and like wanted to ride horses. And her parents like, cool, that's all great. Like you gotta fucking find ways to pay for it. You gotta fund Um, all that. So you gotta be a child star. That's (laughs) Um, wild. So um, I definitely thought that like her stardom started with and came from The Exorcist. No. So that's pretty wild to know. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, uh, there's like some personal history stuff here that we can talk about a little later um, as some of it pertains to kind of just like how her career and and life goes. Okay. Um, 
But uh, she, her first roles are in the 60s. So her first on-screen appearance was in the 1968 TV show Hidden Faces, which was like a mystery kind of serial type show. Okay. Um, and then uh, from there, she begins to star in uh, most, like most films that she starred in were like the 70s and 80s. That was really like the Linda Blair sweet spot. The bulk of her um, work. Because yeah. she like doesn't really retire from acting. Right. But she like, you know, as we'll talk about later, her life now is mostly focused on like other pursuits. Um, so she like still appears in things here and there. But like, yeah, like Linda Blair was like 70s, 80s. Boom. Like that was her time. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, uh, her first film, uh, was in 1970, uh, she was in the film The Way We Live Now, uh, which, uh, is about a man having a midlife crisis and, um, kind of, like, starts, like, having, like, affairs, like, uh, out of his marriage, uh, with a series of other women, um, and eventually tries to return to his wife, uh, yeah, there's, like, not... (laughs) too too much of like uh, an interesting cast in this but it seems like she plays like the daughter of this very dysfunctional family and is kind of in the middle of uh this tumultuous relationship and i'm weirdly familiar with this title but i can't figure out why like even looking at it and looking at the cast like i I don't know why i've heard of this but I, i definitely have heard this title before yeah um then in 1971 she had an uncredited role in a uh comedy drama called the sporting club Okay. And then in 1973, she plays Reagan in The Exorcist at the age of 13 when she filmed this. That is always so Fucking wild to me wild. that she is like actually that young in this movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, one note I had here was that um, she seemed she won the Golden Globe uh, for this role and seemed like she was gonna take the. Um, Academy Award for the role, but it leaked how some of the parts of the film were not performed by her. Uh, the demonic voice was dubbed by Mercedes McCambridge, and um, eight seconds of a stunt dummy were used. So because of this, Linda Blair does not win an Academy Award That's for insane. The Exorcist. Wild stuff. That's like the like the Academy are literally people that make movies. They know how yeah. movies are made. It yeah. shouldn't be like a wild surprise. That eight seconds of this movie were performed by like a different. I know that is insane. Can't do it. Yeah, Uh, so wild. Um, But also, like you know, the Academy loves to kind of find ways to not give horror its due. uh, Historically speaking, so I guess I'm not surprised. It's definitely a long disrespected job. I mean, you know, The Exorcist is one of the movies that's considered to have quote unquote brought respect to the genre. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, this was a horror movie I saw. I wasn't, like, that young, but, like, my parents had got divorced, and so, like, when that happened and we slept over my dad's house, he kind of, like, showed me weird yeah, this, movies. This was a dad movie. And this so was this, a cool dad movie. Yeah, like, I remember watching, like, Donnie Darko with him, and then, like, The Exorcist was the other, because he was like, this is, I think, like, one of the scariest horror movies. Um, and, like, did legitimately scare me, and I, like, didn't love horror at a young age. Um, the, the scenes specifically where she, like walks down the stairs backwards and yeah. as all the blood is coming out of her mouth I was like oh man like I'm fucking in like a horror movie right now this is wild um, but I haven't watched it I, I wanted to rewatch it and I, we just didn't find the time for it I haven't watched it in some time but just some of the fucking dialogue in this movie that like she has to do it's crazy it's crazy yeah. 
for someone her age, and it's crazy to think of even like me listening to it at a young age, like 12 or 13 or whatever. There is a significant level of quote unquote getting it. Yeah. That like she needs to be at for this role. Yeah. That is half of why it's so disturbing. Yeah. That that they either had to find a young woman that w- w- knew enough to like really get what yeah. this all was or teach a girl, you know, teach like yeah. a good young actress like enough to like really be able because there's no it's the right age where it's like yeah, you can't trick somebody into like doing this the way that this is being done. Like they need to know and yeah. understand what this is for it to be done this way. Yeah. Um yeah, it's so wild. Yeah. And I mean I mean, this is, like, such an iconic role. Crazy yeah. that a 13-year-old girl yes. pulled all the shit off that she did. But she's tremendous in this movie. She's it's, amazing. Yeah, and, and including in, like, the non-makeup um, you know, stuff, yeah. too. You know, like, um, there's all those really scary scenes where uh, she has to go to the doctor. They have to, like, take her to a hospital yeah. and run all those tests on her and stuff. Um, there, there's just a lot of good, um, I don't know, I feel like smaller performance moments from her throughout the movie that yeah. are maybe a little... Uh, less talked about yeah. just because they're not, you know, part of the big sequences. Well, and I, what I think is interesting too, like at this point, like 13 years old, she's already becoming disillusioned with acting and this lifestyle that she's been living at a very young age. Um, but because, but cause, and she wanted to do stuff like become a veterinarian. She loved horseback riding, but then like this role comes up and she's like, well, like that seems kind of interesting. And like her mom kind of like helps her get in there and like she eventually gets the role and it's like, probably changed her fucking life like for better or worse <laughs> whatever whatever that may be yeah. um because uh one thing about the film is that like you know i think this happens unfortunately i'm 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 sure it happens with male actors too but i feel like you hear more stories about like the female actors uh, being kind of put through the fucking ringer. And yeah. uh, she was put through the fucking ringer for this movie. It's even wild when you look at like interviews from the time yeah. where she's like on late night shows and stuff. And yeah. they're like, a- they're like asking her weird questions about uh, like literally like demons and shit. And you're like, what are you doing? She's a child. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like one of the things that I I found out was um you know there's there's like a TV show what's it called just cursed films is yeah, that it uh, from um uh, uh, uh Shutter was yeah. the right yeah and cursed so films. I think the only one we watched was this one yeah so this is one of these films that does have this history of being cursed but I also think it just has a history of like you know the director and crew doing crazy shit and like people kind of having to deal with it um so like one of the things was that uh. There were extremely low temperatures um, at parts of this when they were filming. Um, so the air conditioning that they were using to achieve like the visibly like cold breath yeah, at yeah. times in the movie. Um, so that happened, and the crew members were all appropriately dressed and wearing protective sure, gear. Of course they were. And she's in this like wet like nightgown, right? Fucking nightgown <laughs> yeah. and freezing. Um, and then there's also this infamous moment where Blair was strapped into a harness during exorcism scenes and was violently thrashing and jerking around while in the harness and so like that's her fucking doing it and it's like they like did not like cut her any slack because she was like 13 years old and and doing this i feel like i know that she may have like you know residual injuries from some of that stuff i i believe like i i did hear stuff i know that she was hospitalized at a young age she doesn't mention when or why but i like 
maybe it was during this. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Um, but it's like it's crazy to think of just like the stuff that you know directors put actors through to like get this you know, product. Yeah. And like sometimes that product's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like things like this or yeah. like, you know, how uh what's her name was abused during the shining. Oh um, um gosh, why can't I think I know, of, this is so sad. I why blank can't on I her name like her half name? the time. I'm gonna um, look her up just so that we uh don't blow by this and oh yeah, Shelly Duvall. Yeah and she recently did like a whole like interview yeah. and stuff like but it's it you know it's you get these products but like was it worth it? Like, yes, The Exorcist yeah, is an amazing right. movie. I love it. Yeah. I love to watch yeah. it. But, like, was it worth it? Y- yes. Um, I think that's, like, a, a, a question that is very worth asking. And, and I mean, I think the answer is, like, pretty equiv- unequivocally no. Yeah. Like, especially the further we move into the future and we have all these different ways to achieve things. It's, it's yeah. like, there are better, safer ways to do all of that. Yeah. And one thing, uh, so... She received uh, death threats after The Exorcist premiered. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers um, hired police to live with the Blair family 24 hours a day, seven days a week for six months. Um, once Linda's promotional job on the movie was done and the studio stopped paying for security, um, threats from fanatics and religious zealots continued. Her family ultimately had to take matters into their own hands and hit her out with friends in Vermont, Connecticut, and New Jersey. Whoa. Um, and there's a quote I have from her where she just says, like, it was always very strange for me when I was young and I would meet someone who genuinely seemed to be afraid of me. They couldn't separate me from the monster I became in the movie. You wouldn't believe how often people asked me to make my head spin again. Oh, my God. Um, and it, it is so weird when you hear shit like this and you're like, really? You guys don't understand that this is just a movie? <laughs> That's so bizarre. Um, but I feel terrible for her. Like, that's so scary to I be know. receiving, like, death threats from all of these people just for doing, like, a horror movie. Well, and it's, like, a thing that n- nobody should ever have to deal no. with in their life, let no. alone a young a- actress. Yeah, and a lot of that came from, I mean, there's lots of weird religious history with that and stuff, too. Yes, like, for sure. My first viewing of that movie was when I was very churchy and young, and it was, like, extra scary because I was watching yeah. it from a place of, like, these could be real things, you know? Oh, and there's so like interesting. And that's why that movie, uh, you know, caused some of the uproar it caused, and she got some of those like mm. reactions she did because yeah. people are fucking stupid and are yeah. told things by their preacher about like this being a real thing that you should really be afraid of. Yeah. And then you know, people know. are dumb and they react like really poorly to stuff. Like yeah, that. I guess. Yeah, I guess it's a hard thing for me to figure out too because like I did not grow up in a religious household, yeah, yeah. so like none of that stuff felt re- real to me. Yeah, so yeah. when people react like it's real, I'm like, what? Like how? <laughs> I don't get yeah, it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, I, I do love this movie. I watched. I know it, it's so good. I watched it somewhat recently for my podcast. I like to movie my other podcast. I like to movie movie, and uh, you know, just. Uh, it's just one of those movies that is so fucking well made, and the performances are incredible. Max von Sydow yeah. is like unreal in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, but somehow they figured out what he would look like thirty years later and make up him up uh, age wise, and that is literally what he started to look like it's as he got wild. older. It, yeah, <laughs> uh, really, uh, just a, a great movie. But I, I, I think uh, you know, as a starting point for Linda Blair, it's like a pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, and to me, what I love is that, like, she's got this movie that everybody knows her for, and then, like, pretty much they know nothing else, and there's so much more that is yeah. interesting about her Which is as you then get we get in. to talk yeah. about all this other stuff yeah. now that we're past, like, you know, the big role. Yeah. Um, 
The next thing she does is in 1974, she does a TV movie called Born Innocent. It was apparently the number one TV movie of that year. But what's wild to me is if you look at the cover of this movie, it's a year later and we've already gone from like, oh, Linda Blair's this like cute young girl that like becomes possessed by a demon to like we are fucking sexualizing Linda Blair. Yeah, I mean, this poster is very cleavage heavy. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. a, a tight top and her I, jeans are unbuttoned. I was going to say her jeans are unbuttoned, aren't um, they? Yeah. But yeah, it's about a young girl who runs away from her abusive family only to end up in juvenile detention center for girls where she's raped and brutalized by her sadistic peers. Um, only one honest social worker shows interest in helping her. What um, fucking TV network was this for? Yeah, right? Like, fucking wild shit. I'm I'm uh I'm looking real quick. And it was I think this was somewhat available. This is one that uh I think we all, almost watched. Um so yeah, this is one that you can find even though it's a TV movie, which is kind of interesting. Um Weird. It says this was aired during what was soon to be called family viewing hour. <laughs> yeah, it it kind of sound just sounds like a, you know, scare tactic kind of TV movie stuff. Yeah. Um but yeah, the, the same year she does um, Airport 1975, uh, which, which we I found there's several of these movies, yeah, right? I think I saw this, did I see this one? I saw one of these on TV as a kid, and it freaked me the fuck out. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of these. Yes, I think this is yeah, the one this I saw. Flight, it, it's about a flight that collides with a plane, and they're trying to, like, you know, fucking figure out the situation and how to save everyone. And, like, I'm already kind of scared of, like, flying. Like, every time I fly now, I have to take a Xanax because I just, like, need to, like, not be fully aware of what's happening. So, like, the idea of two planes crashing into each other midair and yeah. they're just dealing with that, I'm like, oh, God. If this is the movie I'm thinking of, and I am pretty sure it is. Yeah, and it uh, like stars s- Charlton Heston and Karen Black, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty interesting, too. So it's got, like, a pretty interesting cast. For yeah, Sid Caesar is movie. in this. Yeah. yeah. And if it's the movie I'm thinking it is, it's, like, literally, like, a whole side of the plane gets ripped off. You see people get pulled out of it. Like... And I watched it like on TV as a kid at my aunt's house in Maryland, and yeah. it like freaked me out. Terrifying. And I think this might be like the second in the series, and there's like three or four of these, and they're all about just like different airplane disasters, yeah. uh, which is a really wild thing that a bunch of 70s movies were about. I know. Um, so yeah, then the next year, she does another TV movie, TV movie called Sarah T, Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic, uh, and she was in it with Mark Hamill. I believe that, oh, and this is directed by Richard Donner of, uh, you yeah. know, the original Superman movies. If you, if you can't tell from the title, uh, the movie is a, a teaching tool, apparently, yeah. about a teenage girl struggling with alcoholism to cope with her feelings of insecurity and usual problems of adolescence. I like like that it's so vague. Like the usual problems of adolescence. Oh, you Michael know. Lerner is in this. We've talked about him a few times before. This is um, I feel like a relatively well known, yeah. like basically after school I special. Think so. Yeah. I've um, always wanted to see this. The same year she does another TV movie called Sweet Hostage, where she stars alongside Martin Sheen. Hell yeah. Uh, the plot being an escaped mental patient kidnaps an illiterate teenage farm girl and takes her into his mountain hideaway, where they soon become friends and eventually lovers. Okay, weird. This sounds very problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it's like her and Martin Sheen, which is all like fascinating. 
Um, yeah, what an yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, this poster of him. Look how yeah. young he is. I know. Oh, wild. Okay. I sounds kind of like a thing I want to see. Kind of. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, in 1976, she does an action drama called Victory at um, Entebbe? Entebbe. Entebbe. E-N-T-E-B-B-E, um, which uh, she was like with a huge cast. Um, she worked with Anthony Hopkins, oh, Richard wow. Dreyfuss, yeah. Burt Lancaster, and Elizabeth Taylor. Um, so pretty wild. Kirk Douglas? Um, and then in wow. 1977... Linda Blair does The Exorcist to The Heretic, which is, uh, I feel like, the, you know, pretty universally disliked by most people. They think it's pretty bad. I definitely recently have come across some fans of this movie. Well, we, because, so I think we knew mostly people that didn't like it. And yeah. then we were like, well, we got to watch it. And we loved it. I fucking loved this and movie. very quickly, we found out that our friend Dan Santelli also loves it, which, yes. like, thank God for Dan Santelli. Because um, we just needed someone else to be like, why don't people like the Exorcist? The, wait, it's Exorcist to the Heretic. They Correct. dropped one of the thes. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, this, and it stars um Richard Burton? Right, I believe you are correct. Alongside Linda yes. Blair, yep. Um, and so you know she's playing Reagan several years later, and it takes. I think it's it does like a pretty interesting thing where, uh, she is like you know under pretty like you know intense psychiatric care, and because you know the the woman that she's with thinks that like oh no no this stuff was like actually real that happened to you um but like through like hypnosis and all of these like you know 70s kind of mental health like uh techniques they were using at the time um she kind of like is reconnected with like the uh what's pazuzu right yeah yes yes um with like the the demon that possessed her and stuff and so like they're kind of dealing with like more like aftermath from uh the events of the exorcist and richard burton is kind of this disillusioned priest yes um but like is trying to like save this girl so it's like it's got a lot of interesting stuff going on i love when movies dig into this idea of like not religion versus science but like religion as science and or science as religion like these two different approaches to explaining the natural phenomena, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like that's what this movie is like really kind of like digging into for the, or at least for me, that was what I really responded to in this movie. And it also has like some fucking wild filmmaking that like really makes it like very watchable. And really good set pieces. Yes. Like the the psychiatric institute that she's in. Yes, really cool looking. It's like all these pods Uh inside of the building that are kind of connected. It's like just wild 70s architecture. Anytime they were in that office, I was like, I fucking love watching this. This is awesome. She's got that crazy balcony at her apartment which has that really weird art piece on it. Yep. Um, There's all those those really wild sequences uh, where, and I forgive me, but I, they're somewhere in the Middle East. I, like maybe Jerusalem. I'm not sure. But they, they jump around a couple times. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of world hopping. But like there's those really wild sequences like on those cliffs and stuff. Oh, remember? Man. Yeah, they're like someone gets like stuck in like 
the cliff. And, and, and it feels almost like endless, like they could fall forever. There's like oh really interesting yeah. imagery throughout this movie. Um, there's that whole thing with the locusts where you're like literally like f- almost like from the perspective of yeah. one that's like flying around. There's so also some like pretty graphic stuff in this. Like the movie opens with like Burton doing an exorcism yeah, yeah, and someone yeah. like burns to death in yeah. front of him. Like it's fucking wild. This is a really crazy movie. Yeah. I, and uh, It's directed by John Borman. Uh, he did like Point Blake and... Um, uh, uh, Excalibur um, and produced like a lot of stuff. I I liked this movie a lot. Like genuinely, this is one of those movies where I know The Exorcist is the classic that I'm supposed yeah. to love. But if you asked me which one I wanted to watch tomorrow, I probably want to watch Exorcist yeah. too. Well, yeah, because it's just so entertaining. Yeah. Um, but this it's interesting too that like you know she had this like pretty. I would say traumatic experience through doing the first Exorcist movie, yeah. and she comes back for a sequel. Um, and so, one of the the quotes I have from her says, "Finally, one day, the script appears, um, and it feels like, wow, this project is amazing. It's perfect. It's fabulous. They presented a really good next step for the film, for the project, for Reagan. You give me these amazing actors, Richard Burton. For me, uh, that was uh, what got me to work with Richard Burton. That's still to this day one of the highlights of my life. That's awesome. Uh, which is very cool." That's super cool. And I like that she, I guess, like recognized the quality in the project and yes. that's why she came back for it. Yeah. Um, I also do think there is an interesting aspect to her role in this movie where it feels like the writer was trying to give her like a, this is your way of like reclaiming this character a little bit yeah. and not having to live under the shadow of like, she's the demon girl, you yeah. know? Cause I, I mean, most of the movie like, isn't that like she's you a- see flashbacks sometimes mm-hmm. of the original movie, but she's just her and she's a teenager who's like, trying to go to school and date and all of this stuff and it's like pretty interesting. There's a whole aspect to it where she's like isn't she like the the quote unquote almost like the star student in this place and like she's yeah. helping some of the other kids and stuff yeah. like there, there, it feels like they are trying to empower this character and almost yeah. like empower a young Linda through that character. Yes. I really liked the 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 role that she was given as Reagan in that sequel. Me too. I you know I maybe understand why people don't like it, but I also really don't understand why it, like especially genre fans don't like this because it's it's so wild and, and like, fun. As far as making a sequel, this is I don't know. This is kind of my opinion about Psycho too as well. It's like as far as making a sequel to like one of the quote unquote yeah. like great classic horror movies, yeah. it's like. It kind of should be kind of like weird and left of center. If it's the expected sequel, it's probably not that interesting. Well, and it's interesting that this is only like a few years after the first one that they decide to make a sequel, you know? Definitely trying to like capitalize, I guess, on the like success of that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like of a time where they were like, yeah, we should make sequels to things. Where it's like for Psycho, it's like what, the 50s, 60s? Yeah, I mean, it's like 25 years between the first and the second one. Yeah, which is like really interesting. So, and at that time, kind of missed the whole like, oh, we got to immediately make a sequel for this. I think so. Yeah. Um, Cool. And so then uh, in 1978, she does a TV movie called Summer of Fear, which is a TV movie that was directed by Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, what is it otherwise known as? Oh, Stranger in Our House. Yeah. And it's uh, about uh, Linda Blair and her family take in their cousin whose family has just died tragically. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, this cousin's, like, a pretty good-looking girl. Like, all the people start to have crushes on her, including Linda Blair's brother, which is really creepy, her father, and her boyfriend. A lot of cousin love in yeah, this movie. Yeah, there's, like, some weird incest stuff going yeah. on. And um, that is, like, n- never... Tr- well, 
I think by the end of the movie, they like a little bit address it, but in more of a kind of like like weirdly trying to be funny about it way. It's it's weird. Well, they, they, they eventually, don't... they're like, oh, well, like it it wasn't actually what you thought. And yeah, then, yeah. And then the dad goes, I didn't remember this whole week. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, dad. All right, dude. Who definitely fucked what he thought was his niece. His niece, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, dude. He's like, I had no memory of the past week at all. Yeah. What'd I... you say? She was haunted? I don't have any memory. Hauntings <laughs> make you lose your memory, right? That's real. You all know science. But it's, it's interesting because ultimately, like, you find out that this girl is like, like they like kind of I think they say she's from like the Appalachia area. Yeah. So she's in like They keep talking about the um no oh the is it the Adirondacks? Oh maybe that's yeah, it's like it's you know Mountain people. They keep like referring yeah, to this. Which is interesting yeah. because there is like like we have a book that we sell at the bookshop that's on Appalachia and like magic. Like there is like yeah. a a kind of like I don't know, history of that and like folklore around that. But it's it's really weird because they do keep referencing this place um and so yeah like the woman's kind of a witch and i don't know it like takes some weird twists and turns it's kind of like a mistaken identity movie mixed with a witch movie which is really weird and not what i expected um but it's like a tv movie done by wes craven and it's not great uh no i think this movie mostly stressed me out (laughs) yeah i agree It, it it has uh if I remember right, like a, a fairly wild, end, like the ending gets kind of interesting. Yeah, there's the ending's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I dug that. But uh, the the build up can get a little just monotonous, yeah. I would say. Also, but, Linda loved horses, and she yes. gets she gets to kind of be a horse girl oh, in this movie. Yeah. And there's some weird horse stunts. There's a fucking <laughs> wild horse stunt at one point yeah. where like a a definite actual human gets definitely actually crushed by a horse. Yeah, like it rolls on top of yeah. them and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like it, I can't believe I'm watching this happen. It's pretty wild. Uh yeah. and uh, what was interesting to me as somebody that is like a I th- I would say like a I guess like a pretty big West Craven fan. Like I like a lot of West Craven's movies. Yeah. You know, it's one of those movies where you can feel uh you know, who will become a good filmmaker kind of like working things out yeah. and getting to use these tools, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. not for the first time, but early in the career. we still haven't seen Last House on the Left, right. but like neither of us really loved um And I, there's something I've been Hills hearing. Hills Have Eyes. Right, yeah. We were, I mean, that movie though, I do think uh, is a better movie than this movie, as far oh, as like a filmmaker goes. I agree, like, but there's like something that like, uh, there's, Something that's essentially West that yeah. West, uh, West that West, we don't yes. get until I think like a little bit later on. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and there is have you heard about this? There's like a movie that was directed under a different name that people are pretty sure is a West Craven pseudonym. That's like a porn. Whoa. So like I, like I think he might have come out of that or at least got his start making as literally as cheap and easy a movie as he could like find to make and just Would kind of like kept coming a up West you know directed yeah. Porno. yeah i forget what it's called oh that's funny uh but yeah summer of fear there's like some interesting stuff uh yeah i just i have a problem with movies where the main character is like just going through the ringer and like bad shit constantly keeps happening to them and then also no one believes them yeah. at all like I get like really like I can't watch you. this anymore it's like too stressful yeah um and that's kind of what this movie felt like it's it's got a lot of that sort of like 
you know, she's manipulating all of these people yeah. through some sort of witchcraft. Yeah, it's also like the youngest that Linda seems in anything that we watched yeah, her in agreed. too. Like she's she's playing kind of like a, a whiny teenage girl. Yeah, uh, which is like, I mean, she kind of has to be much more adult in both of the Exorcist yeah, movies, and it's just interesting. It, it, it was kind of interesting. It was like it, it was weird watching her just play a quote unquote regular teenager. Yes. And and feeling like, wow, wh- how interesting that Linda yeah. Blair is put. You know, it's like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way about this, but I do. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and this is like, you know, however many years into her acting. Like yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I so. mean, and yeah. especially now knowing that she was doing commercials and stuff from such a young yeah. age, it's like, wild. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wish I liked this movie more, uh, but I, you know, I think if you like Wes Craven movies and want to see like an early, I mean, it was made for TV, but it's definitely worth, uh, you know, looking at. Yeah. Uh, in 1979, she was in a film called Roller Boogie, which is about skaters trying to keep their roller disco open. I mean, that sounds great. It sounds very 70s. Uh, it sure, sure does. Uh, boy, who's in this movie? Anybody I'm familiar with? Uh, I guess not. And then in uh, the same year, she is in a oh, movie. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Boo, do you know who directed Roller Boogie? No. It's a director that we have talked about a bizarre amount of times on this show. Mark L. Lester, director of Commando. Weird. Yes. We're going to have to talk about him someday. Uh, we're going to have to. I mean, he's come up on this show so many times, and yeah. we've only done like a dozen episodes of this show. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So then the last movie that she does in the 70s is a movie called Wild Horse Hank, which I just wrote, quote, horse girl movie. Yeah. Uh, which is really funny. Wild Horse Hank. <laughs> yep. Linda really loves horses. I imagine that attracted her to this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, Richard Crenna's in it. Okay. All right. Okay. So I have, uh, from one of the pages I was looking at, um, we kind of get to her career in the 80s. Um, so in an attempt to kind of, like, revitalize her image, uh, she, like, tries to do some, like, more what she thinks are, like, interesting interesting roles where she's not, like, the victim. She kind of okay. wants to break free from this whole, like, victim role that she's been, like, pigeonholed in. Sure, yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, for sure. Go yeah, for absolutely. it, girl. She wanted to be, like, more grown up, more adult. Um, and in order to do this, Linda participated in a series of nude photo shoots for the October 1982 issue of We Magazine. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, this kind of had unintended consequences, and and uh, people kind of like looked down on her for doing this, um, which kind of helped to also steer her into the whole like B movie. Uh, That's very interesting. Yeah. I I only knew about this because I don't even remember who it was. We were talking to somebody recently that brought up her Playboy photo shoots. Yeah. They called them, and uh, I was like, oh, I guess like I I guess I didn't know that about her, but that also like weirdly makes sense given some of the the later movies I've seen of her career and stuff. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the other thing that happened, uh, you know, around this time, I think it was in the 70s, uh, but she got peer pressured into buying cocaine at the age of 18, Mm. uh, which led to an arrest and subsequent sentencing to three years probation, and that blacklisted her. Um, The whole story is that she flew to Florida to attend a funeral for members of the band Leonard Skinnerd, (laughs) and uh, an acquaintance acquaintance convinced her to go buy the cocaine for them. Uh And uh, (laughs) Blair reportedly went because she was interested in buying pedigree puppies, which the dealer was also selling. (laughs) Okay. Cocaine I, and puppies. I mean, in my opinion, Linda, 
Yeah, at this point, you can just start telling people you wanted to buy some cocaine. Yeah. You don't need to be cooking okay. up this whole story. But it's okay. You, you were at a Leonard Skinner funeral. Yeah. You were buying cocaine. Yeah. But it was like the drugs plus yeah. the nude photo shoot. And she, you know, isn't really getting like, you know, the award type films that maybe she would have gotten otherwise. She doesn't feel like her career is escalating in the way yes. that she might have expected. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I mean, just the way we treat actresses in general, you know, nude photo shoot followed by drug arrest. It's like, it's, I know. it's it it's, sucks. It's the Britney story that's going around now that yeah. everybody's talking about again. It's, it's like, it's what we do to young women in Hollywood. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's the worst. Um, and, and you know, yeah. Uh, Anyway, it does end up resulting in what I think is like a really interesting turn in her career that uh, turns yeah. out some movies that I really appreciate. For sure. Um, so yeah, we get to her career in the 80s. Um, so for TV, she does stuff like uh, Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, and Murder, She Wrote. Everybody. Everybody we've talked about was on everybody. these shows. Uh, in 1980, she does a film called Ruckus, which is about uh, Vietnam vets versus small town bullies. Okay. I love these like Vietnam vet versus random uh, A lot of non-exploitation kind of in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. 80s especially, I think. Um, and then in 1981, she does Hell Night. So she does a slasher film. Hell yeah. Uh, One of my favorite genres. We, we really liked... Um, which, like, I feel like this is a movie that, like, a lot of people maybe aren't as into. Like, just looking at our letterbox, it seems like a lot of, like, our movie fans, like, friends, like, weren't as big a fan of this. Oh, really? I enjoyed um, this movie quite a bit. And, yeah, it's, like, it gets a little boring in the middle, yeah. I think. But actually, as far as slashers go, this did a lot of stuff that I felt, like, broke the mold. Um comparatively to, like, mm -hmm. other slasher films. Like, first off, Linda Blair is the, like, final girl of this mm -hmm. movie, which is cool watching her play a final girl. Mm -hmm. um, also, nice to see a final girl that is, like, looks like, you know, a, like, full-figured woman <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is, like, running and doing all of this shit while also having, like, you know, big boobs. Like, <laughs> as a person like that, it's kind of nice to see some representation some nice representation, way. yes. Um, and she's really great in it. Yes. Um, and, like, she also, uh, she smokes. She maybe has sex in this movie. And she doesn't die at the end, spoiler true, alert. True. But, like, you know, it's it does kind of, like, do some pretty interesting stuff uh, that I really liked a lot. I mean, my big, you know that my big thing from this movie was the, I will call them the bimbo himbo pair oh yeah i really liked all of the kids in this movie yeah so was it uh gosh i'm not gonna know but was it peter and Hold denise on, I uh i can't remember the characters names. so so yeah the the film hell night is about like uh linda and a couple other people are like pledging to sorority and fraternities yes. and the way that they do this is they tell everyone they have to survive one night in this like supposedly haunted mansion where this man like uh just just like murdered his entire family um and so they're there uh you know the sorority and fraternity like um leaders i don't know what they're called presidents are like I don't know whatever i don't know yeah <laughs> um they're trying to like play pranks on them but then there's also actual creepy shit going on yes um and so yeah it's mostly like these four kids that are kind of locked into this space together um so linda blair plays marty uh vincent van patten plays seth who is one That's of the himbos I was thinking of. he's the himbo uh peter barton plays jeff who's kind of like linda's love interest yep. and then 
is it Denise? Yeah, Denise, Denise Suki, Suki Goodwin, Goodwin uh, who's only in like two or three other roles, and she's Ugh. delightful. So her and Vincent Van Patten basically play these like literally the bimbo and himbo like archetypes yeah. that like kind of get paired up and like and i'm not used they're to both just like immediately down to fuck and yeah. they're like very like hey let's do this they're like very sex positive yeah. they're both pretty into each other yeah. they have a lot of fun goofing around making jokes yeah. she literally never learns his name no she, she calls him west the whole she time she keeps calling him west and he keeps correcting her that his name is seth but it doesn't bother him enough like it's like yeah. They and and I'm not used to seeing these two characters paired together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I agree. And they were so fun. Yeah. They were so funny. I liked them so much. Mm-hmm. I would very much like to see a slasher yeah. movie that is literally about a bimbo and himbo that are too horny to realize someone is after them trying yeah. to kill them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, she like, just keeps taking like more drugs. Yeah. And is yes. like, oh, I'll fall She asleep. literally at one point wakes up. Takes another pill and another swig of whiskey yeah. and then lays back down to fall asleep. And you're like, girl. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she she kind of looks like Linnea Quigley and she's British. Yeah. Um, and she's just like really adorable. And I'm yeah. shocked that she didn't do more movies. I know. She's so cute. Yeah. Um, and then Linda's really great too. You know, she gets to be the final girl, but she's yep. also kind of like the the snarky, like tomboy type that is like kind of just doing this because like this is what she's supposed to do in college. She like mentions that she's like a mechanic and she's also like really smart she's like you know providing all of like the essays to the other girls in the sorority um so she gets to play like a pretty fun like interesting character that i i like a decent amount in this yeah and i mean this feels to me like the uh origin point of what i think of now when i think of linda blair which is a a more kind of like powerful i mean she's got that like smoky voice She, I always think of as just like a very kind of like powerful female protagonist. And this feels like the first time I really see that on screen. Yeah. I mean, she definitely like is, is getting out of that like victim role um, and kind of having like more power in, in these roles that she's doing, which I think is pretty cool to see. Yeah. I, I liked this movie quite a bit, and yeah. and it has a really strong ending. Like it gets a little, it drags in the middle a little bit, but it picks back up for the finale, yeah. which is fun for sure. Um, cool. And then in 1983, she does a film called uh, Hold on, my thing is loading. Uh, Chained Heat. Chained Heat. My phone just decided to totally not give a fuck what I was trying to do. Garrett, could you tell us about Chained Heat, please? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, young Carol Henderson ends up in prison where she must learn how to survive in an environment plagued by violence, murder, rape, racism, drugs, and staff corruption and brutality. Yeah. Uh, directed by Peter Nicholas. Uh, yeah, I actually kind of want to see this. I know those are all, uh, Sybil Danning is in this as yeah. well. Um, you know, uh, you and I have talked about this recently. We have ended up watching a few women in prison movies lately yeah, and I mean, kind of like got those, into them. I like those prison uh, female prisoner scorpion movies. Yeah. Um, Pam Greer's in a couple that yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch, but I would like, like, one's just called Women in Cages. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I just, like, need to see what these movies are like. So maybe that is, like, a weird rabbit hole I'll go down is just, like, female prison, like, exploitation yeah. movies. Yeah. Because I think there is a lot of interesting stuff there. And there's definitely, uh, I would say there there probably, Probably a lot of them are like vengeance adjacent, which is something you and yeah. I love in movies. For sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would be interested to see this movie. 
Um, she then does a film called Imps, which was a comedy, uh, followed by, uh, in 1984, doing one of my favorite movies, Savage Streets. I, you introduced me to this movie, and I fucking love this movie. Yeah, this was a movie I just, like, watched on my own one day, because it was um, just, like, available on some streaming service at the time. And then we went to an exhumed event and uh, the folks at Diabolique, uh, is it video or DVD? I forget what they're. Diabolique DVD. Diabolique DVD. (laughs) There we go. Uh, They, they like have really awesome uh, collections of like genre films and they had a really great Blu-ray of Savage Street. So I finally got to get Garrett to watch it. Um, God, I fucking love this movie. So it's like kind of a rape revenge movie. It's like Linda Blair, her sister and her friends are kind of several times like terrorized by this like terrible group of like dudes. Yeah. Um, so it's like a gang of guys, right? Yeah. It's like a gang of four guys. And like they rape her younger sister who's played by Alinea Quigley, who I believe is like uh, deaf in the. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She's like disabled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they go after like her friend who's about to get married. And so like Linda Blair is already kind of this like tough bitch in the movie. Like yeah. she's got her girl gang that like doesn't really take shit yeah, from yeah. anyone. Big and she blown keeps, out hair. Yeah. She like keeps getting trouble in school, but then also has this step two where they're like, you're this smart girl. Why do you act this way? And she's just like, fuck off. Like I'm yeah. taking care of me and mine. Yeah. So like whatever. Um, so yeah, she, I love her character in this. Um, and then she gets to just like fucking kick ass and like fuck up all these shitty dudes um there are moments of this film that are really hard to watch and definitely have some like serious trigger warnings um but holy shit it's so much fun i love this movie and you and i uh talk about this a lot with these vengeance movies and Mm -hmm. specifically rape revenge movies where it's like there is a certain kind of vengeance that makes a lot of these like very fulfilling that can make them like not just entertaining, but actually like very cathartic and fulfilling in the end. And this is one of the like primo examples I think of like, this has such a great, like, like you have a good time watching this movie despite like there, I mean, there's like some shit in it. That's very hard to watch, but it's like, it's, it's pretty fun and it's got really, really fulfilling shit in the end. Like it's, it's great. Yeah, like, uh, I just wrote about Miss 45 uh, for its 40th anniversary on uh, Movie John, and so this was, like, a thing I was kind of delving into, is just, like, finding some, like, relief and catharsis through these rape-revenge movies, and this one in particular I think is really interesting because Linda Blair is not the one that is uh, ever raped in the film, so it is one of these movies where it's someone else taking on the vengeance, Yeah, but it has a much different feel when it's a woman doing it for other women, as opposed to, like... a father doing it or like a brother or like a lover like where it becomes more of a property thing um so this yeah this just is pretty interesting to watch uh if it's one that you have not seen yeah yeah i i really dig this movie and it's pretty available uh like i forget like shout factory somebody has a dvd of this out yeah for sure or a blu-ray of this um yeah i i super dig this movie uh you know it's one of those like ladies of vengeance movies that is just very entertaining. Yeah. Um, in 1985, she does a film called Red Heat. Uh, I've am- always wanted to see Red Heat. Yes, an American woman visiting her fiance in West Germany is caught up uh, with a defecting spy and captured uh, by those in the East. Um, it does sound like another kind of like female prisoner movie, which mm-hmm, is kind of mm-hmm. interesting. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I would like to see this just based on uh, the description and stuff. It's got incredible poster art. That's like the thing that's always uh, attracted me to this movie. And it looks like some cool like colors and stuff just from like the shoots. Yeah, uh, yeah very into this. It seems cool. Um, and then. Da, da, da. Uh, Savage uh, Island. Savage Island. Uh, women who have been captured and sold as to, as slave labor to a South American emerald mine hatch a plan for revolution and revenge. Do you think this was like loosely like a, hey, you were in Savage Streets, let's call this one Savage Island? Maybe. I wonder if it had en- enough of like a cult following at yeah. the time. Um, in 1987, she does a straight-to-video film called Night Force, which is about a woman who fights back after her friend is captured by a Mexican cartel. Um, so she does seem to kind of take on this like vengeance. Uh, oh, yeah. These all have great posters. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the fucking tagline on the poster for Night Force is, some people give a damn. <laughs> Um, and then in 1987, she does a film, I guess this is Special Effects Retaliator or SFX Retaliator. Oh, yeah, which is a fucking killer title. Uh, special Effects producer Steve Baker helps a woman being chased by the mafia, and then they follow him and his wife. <laughs> okay. All righty. Uh, killer title. Would watch. Uh, yeah, so interesting. Um, in 1988, she does a film called Silent Assassins. Uh, and then in 1988 does a film called Grotesque, which is another one that was pretty available and we uh, unfortunately did not get a chance to watch. But a gang of crazed punks breaks into a family vacation home in the mountains and slaughters the entire family except for one daughter who gets away. It's a pretty good premise. I'm actually yeah. mad we didn't watch this one. I know. It uh, seems like it could be pretty fun. Uh, and it is somewhere right now. Like You can stream this movie right now somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the same year, she does a film called Witch- Witchery with David Hasselhoff. Uh, Witchery. About a group uh, on a Massachusetts island where the only dwelling is an old hotel supposedly haunted by the ghost of a former German actress. Yeah, uh, we watched this fucking movie. Yeah, this is an Italian film. It's also known as, what's it? La Casa Four. La Casa Four. Uh, so this was like the house movies that were, I guess, popular. In yeah. Italy. So that movie, House, House Two, The mm-hmm. Second Story, which is a hilarious title. Yeah. Um, those like I think they're like '80s, and I, I think they're American produced horror movies. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, you know, Italy has this history of these kind of like knockoff, like sequel yeah. series to things. And there are a whole series of house knockoff sequels, none of which are connected to each other or the original house movies. Mm -hmm. They just titled a bunch of movies that were made in Italy. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, Um, So anyway, this is one of those. It's not connected to that series, but it was released as as House Four, basically. And uh, this is one we watched. And uh, you can find this is floating around somewhere. Prime, I think. Yeah, I think we saw it on Prime. It was weird. Yeah, I this I did not like this movie that much. I mean, it's kind of fun to see David Hasselhoff as like literally he's just supposed to be like a normal guy, which is just like a funny thing to like see. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting character dynamics. Like yeah. David Hasselhoff is there with his, what looks like a much younger fiance yeah. who does not want to have sex with him. Like not at all, and yeah. he really wants to have sex with her. And she does not want to have sex with him. And this is like a point of contention in their relationship. And he's enough older than her that you're just like, look, this is all problematic, top down, every direction. Like, but you're the, like, you should just leave. Like, you need to leave this relationship. This is a bad relationship. And then all of a sudden, all these other people show up, including 
Linda Blair's family, who I guess her mom is trying to buy the hotel and try to reopen it. And Linda Blair, who's like preg- like very pregnant um, in this movie. Yeah, right. And it was weird because it was a movie where it felt like they weren't, were like, why did they even cast Linda Blair in this? Because they're like barely giving her anything to do. Yeah, she really feels like a background character yeah. in this movie for and the most part. And it isn't until the very end that you're like, oh yes, there is a very specific reason yes. they cast Linda Blair. Yes. And it is probably for the movie you're thinking of. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. And, and like she probably hated having to do it. Probably. I would imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah there's like a whole it possession does have a hilarious sequence ending, for her. Though. Oh my God. The, we laughed out <laughs> loud at the end of this movie. And I like, I guess I don't want to spoil the literal final frames of a movie on our pod. It, it feels like the ending of House of the Devil, but, like, hilarious. But, like, this movie is not an ironic comedy. No, it's all it's played not. very straight. And the ending of this movie is something that I feel like I've seen, like, mocked in television yeah. episodes and stuff, like, many, many times. Yeah, it kind of ends on, like, a freeze frame of, like, a very awkward situation. Literally, someone looks at the camera, just says like, something Ugh. crazy, and yeah. it just freeze frames on that and cuts to credits. Yeah. It, I laughed so hard because it's, it's so, so sincere and it is the worst dumb it I yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, it's It's not worth watching for how dumb and funny this ending is, yeah. but like kind of it is. But but there's like some really fun like gore yeah, and yeah, special yeah. effects stuff in this. Like there's definitely it, stuff like if if you like Italian horror and you like genre stuff, you'll probably like this movie. It feels uh, to me like um uh, uh like very low rent Fulci, right? Like yeah. it's not as good as a Fulci movie, but it yeah. definitely reminded me of a Fulci movie. For sure. It's it's has all of the trappings yeah. of an Italian yeah. horror movie. And, and there, you're actually, you're right, there's some like nightmare sequences in this that are actually genuinely... the toilet dimension. Yeah, the toilet dimension that I kept referring <laughs> to it as. It's not actually that, but I... No, someone falls into a, a tub? tub and we just... I just kept calling it the toilet, toilet dimension. dimension. <laughs> <laughs> they kept sending people to the toilet dimension. Uh, but like the, the stuff that happens in the toilet dimension is like genuinely unnerving and scary, yeah. like imagery-wise. Who's the woman that's really amazing in it? The Annie Ross, that's... That's who I was looking at here. The witch? Oh no, I will. I will look her up. Yeah. Annie Ross is the uh, actress that I really love. Yes. Uh, from uh, uh, um, Pump, Pump Up, up the, the Volume, volume. she's she so great. She plays the mother in this. She's uh, really good at just playing like a disgruntled like Karen type. You yes, know? yes. You're thinking of. Uh, she's credited as the Lady in Black. Her yes. name is. Hildegard Neff. Which I don't think I've seen anything she's done. It seems like she was kind of like a young starlet that then like did some like stuff like this. But oh man, she's really fun and kind of just eats up being like this creepy villain in the movie. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, besides the goofy ending, it was probably like one of my favorite things about it. Yeah, she Um, was great. I I loved her every scene she was in. But one thing I wanted to mention um, was that I think part of the reason it was so goofy too was that... The woman that is David Hasselhoff's fiance is like maybe an Italian actress and yeah. her dialogue might be dubbed and whoever they got to do the voice, it sounds like they have a Southern accent that they're trying really hard to suppress. So it's like all of her words come out really weird. Yep. Like all of the delivery is so strange. Agreed. It's really uh, weird. Yeah. It's it's all very But it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but, like, yes, ultimately, like, very grotesque shit in this movie. Uh, yeah, so. there, there are a couple horror sequences that probably are worth recommending it for, even if the movie itself I wasn't, like, crazy about. Yeah. Um, the same year, 1988, she does a film called Moving Target, uh, starring with Ernest Bornine. Oh, okay, um, okay. 
1989, she does a film called Up Your Alley, a romantic comedy. Like, ooh, Linda, what are you doing? Um, Who's she in that with? In Murray Langston. Never heard of you, yeah, there bro. Yeah, there's like nothing interesting about it, which is why I didn't add it to the to the links. Um, I mean, this guy straight up looks home. I feel very bad that I'm just dissing an actor I've never heard of, but it, he just it looks like a homeless man on the cover of this. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, 1989, she does a film called Bad Blood about an artist who lives in an old mansion, imagines that his her dead husband has been reincarnated as her son. Okay, that's a fucking, that's weird. Weird. That's um, really strange. She does a film called WB Blue and the Bean with David Hasselhoff, so she works with him again, what? which is really interesting. Uh, and then she does a film called Bedroom Eyes 2. She's in a sequel. Um, Henry Ross comes apart when he catches his wife sleeping with another man to fix his marriage. He devises an insane plan of sleeping with another woman, Linda Blair. Then, of course, all sorts of disasters break out. Ooh, the stars Wingshauser. Yeah, it sounds uh, real weird. Yeah, Wingshauser is a B-movie favorite, especially around the exhumed crowd, I believe. Uh and then uh, her last film in the 80s is a film called The Chilling. The Chilling. Uh, the bodies at a cryogenic center are defrosted by accident and turn into cannibalistic zombies. Okay, very cool plot. Yeah, it sounds fun. Dan Haggerty's in this movie. Okay. Um, yeah, and then we get to her her work in the 90s. So for TV, she does films, uh, or for TV, she does stuff like uh, MacGyver, Married with Children, Robin's Hood, uh, <laughs> Extreme Ghostbusters. Uh, Hell yeah, Godzilla, she did. Godzilla the series. Oh my god. And um, S Club Seven in L.A. I don't know if you watched S Club Seven growing up. I believe I, I watched a little did. bit of S Club Seven. I don't know why it was a thing I was into, but she apparently liked it. She jumped on the opportunity to become part of the cast because uh, she remembered watching the monkeys as a kid okay. and kind of liked the idea of like that same sense of humor, like brought sure. to a modern bands that you're following around. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I I couldn't believe she was in S Club 7. That, like, fucking blew my mind because I really liked that when I was younger and watched the movies because uh, there were TV movies of it, too. Whoa, okay, you were way more into it than I was. Yeah. I, like, remember it, but I, I don't know yeah. how much of it I really watched. Uh. In 1990, she does a film called Repossessed. Always wanted to see this. This was a VHS cover that I recall like uh, seeing at the store a lot. Yeah, so if you don't know what this movie is, it stars Leslie Nielsen and Linda Blair, and it's a parody of The Exorcist. So she comes back and does another kind of exorcist thing, but to do a parody, which it's so interesting. She does... She does the first movie, she does the sequel, and then she does a parody of the film in the 90s. Um, yeah. It's so strange to me. Man, Ned Beatty's in this movie, too? Interesting. Yeah, so it sounds like it could be fun. I would like to... Uh, I feel like this. what I know about this movie is it's not well-liked, necessarily, but I would like to see it. Yeah, I mean, I want to watch it for her now. Yeah, I mean, I really like Leslie Nielsen, even when he's doing the dumbest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, she then does a film called Dead Asleep, uh, which is about mysterious deaths in a psychiatric ward. Okay. Um, in 1991, she does a film called Fatal Bond, uh, hmm. which is a about a restless hairdresser who takes up with a man she knows is wanted by the police, and then she realizes he might be a serial killer. Okay. It sounds like some of that... Um, 
what's it like sexy thriller stuff that I'm kind of into. Yes, like, I would watch those. I mean, it's the '90s now. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. The uh, erotic thriller. Speaking of, in 1992, uh, she then does a TV movie called Calendar Girl Cop Killer: The Bambi Bembenek Story. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you got to her last name and you're like, oh boy, I don't know what to do I was about like, this. I was like, oh, there was like an extra syllable there. there 14 that syllables in this person's name. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, in 1994, she does a film called Skins. Uh, a married couple is separated because of the husband's drinking. They are reunited to seek justice when their homosexual son is murdered by neo-Nazi skinheads. What the fuck? Yeah, that takes like three turns i didn't expect it to holy shit that sounds wild wild um and then in 1995 (laughs) Uh, sorry by the way i clicked on the imdb for skins just to take a look at it the uh poster that's on imdb lists the title as gang boys with a z oh great gang boys uh but 1995, we get to Sorceress, uh, which is a movie that we watched, and it is available on YouTube in like pretty decent quality. Yes. Um, so it is a thing that uh, you can watch if you would like to. Uh, she stars in this with Michael Parks and William Marshall, who is uh, mostly known for playing Blackula. Yep. Um, so you get some like really interesting actors in this alongside what we think are probably all porn stars. Yes, I imagine that um, is true. This, this was, movie this movie is softcore porn. Yes, uh, this was directed by a guy named Jim Wynorski. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his name. I am familiar with him because there's this movie I really like that I talk about a lot called Hard to Die, yeah. which is a diehard knockoff that is essentially a softcore porn about like five women that work for like a lingerie company and they're like working over the weekend in this high rise that's under construction that they work in and they get trapped inside with a serial killer. So it's like kind of a slasher yeah. that's also kind of die hard and it's fun. It's gr- it's like a- it's genuinely a mm-hmm. really great fun funny weird movie that is like very softcore yeah. porn. Sorceress like but he's also the guy that did Chopping Mall. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's what I, that's what people would probably know him from. Yes, yes, that correct. He he has done Chopping Mall, he did Lost Empire, Final Voyage. He he does have some credits that I guess maybe people would be more familiar with than Hard to Die. Yeah. The reason that I brought up Hard to Die though is cuz it's most similar in tone to Sorceress. Yeah. If you look at this guy's directing career, he has a ton of directing credits, 104. And a lot of them are softcore pornography. Like that's yeah. mostly what he's actually yeah, known for. I watched this because I was the immediately just like, oh, it's about like sexy witchcraft. Yeah. And the movie opens and it is a woman like completely naked. Yep. Like you see everything. Yeah, the very first shot is her nipple. A spell. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and by the way, while casting when you say casting a spell, what you mean is rubbing her naked body with oil while yeah. writhing around yeah. and saying, quote unquote, I guess, spell words? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just like shocked when I realized it was full frontal. Like, yeah, yeah. starting a movie with boobs is like, whoa. Yeah. But I was like, oh no, this is like full frontal nudity. I like, mean, Tori, if I may, some other titles that he's directed. The Witches of Breastwick. The Witches of Breastwick 2. Busty Cops. Busty Cops 2. Okay. The Breastford Wives. But let's talk about Sorceress. House on Hooter Hill. Okay, we get it. Let's talk about Sorceress because this movie was actually like a little boring in the middle. Yes, it was. Uh, no, not the middle. Like towards the end, it was a little boring. It goes on a little uh, long. It goes on a little long, but like for a w- long time, we, we just kept it's, being like, I can't believe I'm watching this movie. It's this pretty is entertaining. So wild. It's That's very the thing about Wernerski movies is like they're pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's kind of about 
all of these like women who like dabble in witchcraft yeah. and are like using it to like help the men in their lives, but really just fucking everything up. And Linda Blair, who does not do any any nudity in this movie no. whatsoever, um, gets to kind of play this like conniving, mischievous like woman behind the scenes who's like doing witchcraft She's, stuff. She's like kind of like an ultimate puppet master. Yeah, right? it's like pretty fun. She just like randomly shoots Michael Parks at one point. Yeah. Like Michael Parks who <laughs> as he always does shows up and is like actually acting in this movie which makes like yeah. the movie around him that much funnier. It's yeah, it's he's in a totally different movie. There's a scene where he walks into the law office that is yeah. run by porn stars yes. apparently and is like devastated because his wife and daughter were just brutally murdered and he's the suspect. Yes. And he's just like dealing with these porn stars that can't act and you're like, oh man, what is happening right now? It's a great scene from him. Oh, uh, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this movie is not great, but it's kind of fun and funny. It's yeah. got a, I mean, if, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. I, I don't know if there are any Wynorski fans listening right now. I know that that's a thing that actually exists, but like, it's, I would say it's like maybe it's not his best stuff, but it's if you're familiar with his stuff, yeah. it's fun and weird in the way that yeah. his stuff is. But the 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 craziest thing to me is what you were talking about, which is just like all of these women are like using witchcraft, like kind of yeah. quote unquote like against each other, but yeah. in like really weird specific ways. Yeah. Where like one woman is trying to ruin another woman's husband's career, yeah, but like that guy's wife is trying to like ruin another woman's relationship, mm-hmm. like. They're all like tied together in these weird yeah. ways and are like using witchcraft in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And we- it's so strange. There's also a really funny scene after like everything. Like there's been a huge fight in the law office and yeah. William Marshall comes in yeah. after the fact and is like, what happened? Hey, can I talk to you? Yeah. And just like cuts away to something else. And you're like, it's I love that William Marshall is in this and doing stuff. But it's also wild that he's in the middle of this like fuckery that's yeah. going on. There's also something about Linda Blair's role in this movie where it feels like they only had her for like two days in a totally mm. different location from everybody else in the movie and so they just kind of like oh yeah she never actually like I don't think she interacts really, yeah. with any of them they're oh my god that's why they're always on the phone yeah yeah <laughs> I don't think she's like actually like in this movie Holy with shit. anybody I else. like didn't realize that that was a thing. I just kept being like, why are people on the phone with each other all the time? It's I, because Linda Blair wasn't there. Yeah, I, I'm like pretty sure that that's like mostly what it oh, is. Oh shit, that's hilarious. Yeah. And like she very much, like I I really have grown to like her in recent years, especially with things like Savage Streets and uh, Exorcist 2. And so I don't mean this as an insult to her, but this is definitely a movie. And if I were her, I'd be doing exactly the same thing. That's why I don't mean this as an insult. But like, it feels like she knows exactly how much she's making for this movie, yeah. and that's exactly how much effort she's putting into Which, it. Which, like, you know, you know what? That's important thing for anyone yeah. to learn. Don't put extra effort in if you're like, you know, just make what your paycheck yeah, says. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't yeah. do anything above yeah. it. Like, just do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whereas I do think some of the porn stars in this movie are acting like this is the only time I'm ever going to get to be in a movie also, that's like a movie. Who's the lead guy? Because like all oh. these women are in love with this one doopy looking dude. Larry Poindexter. His Larry. name is literally Larry Poindexter. And I think Larry is his name in the movie too. Yes, like it is. He couldn't be bothered to have a different name. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's in 17 again uh, and some other things. But uh yeah. His name's literally Larry Poindexter. He looks like the just most general jamoke you've ever seen, and 
everyone is falling over to have sex with him throughout this movie. It's, it's wild. Very strange. Yeah. Uh, but Sorceress, available on YouTube. Hey, watch it. Um, in 1996, Linda Blair has a brief appearance in the movie Scream. She plays, quote, the obnoxious reporter, <laughs> uh, which I do remember her. She, like, shows up for, like, you know, two seconds, is wearing, like, this, like, white and black, like, zebra print As soon as you suit. said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, which is fun, like, that she worked with Wes Craven yeah. again um, to do that. And, like, you know, I guess, one, because it's Linda Blair, and it's just, like, fun to have her in this movie that's about horror yes, movies. Yes, but also, yes. like, she worked with Wes, and, yeah. like, that's very cool. That is cool. I, I would have, you know, having not done this episode, I always would have thought of that as just, like, yeah, he cast her because she was in The Exorcist. Yeah. I never would have known. It's like, oh, he's, like, friends with her. Yeah, he, like, knows yeah. her, which is cool. Um. In 1997, she also took to the Broadway stage, and she actually starred as Rizzo in the revival of Grease. She totally makes sense to right? me as She's Rizzo. She's such a Rizzo. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Um, and then we get to her career in the 2000s. So she did TV shows like Supernatural. I didn't know that. Um, but then she, for a long time, uh, she hosted a Fox Family TV series, Scariest Places on Earth, which okay. ran for six years. That's kind of a fun way to trade on yeah. her legacy as a horror star. Sharon, uh, Shannon Doherty did that for a while, okay. too. There was like a sci-fi show that she hosted for a while. So it's like kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. She was in, in 2000, she was in a short called The Blair Bitch Project, which yeah. I think is really hilarious. Um, in 2003, she was in a film called Monster Makers, um, which is, you know, just kind of like a goofy film, like about monsters. Uh, that uh, It's her and Adam Baldwin uh, okay. that starred it, uh, which is interesting. Uh, in 2005, she's in a film called Hitters Anonymous, which is about, like, literally, like, Hitman AA. Uh, okay. Which is kind of an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it maybe seems like it's not great. Okay. Um, in 2008, she was in a film called All is Normal, um, about a college dropout who finds herself in a disturbed mixture of isolation, confusion, and murder when she takes a job as a house sitter in the Appalachian Mountains. Huh. Yeah. What a weird... Yeah, I, so weird. Every time we get into the 2000s, I'm like, what are these movies? I know. Um, in 2016, she was featured in the Green Fairy documentary, which is about the history of absinthe. Um, oh, and people like voiced uh, different historical figures. So Roddy Piper is in the film, whoa. and he plays Oscar Wilde. Very cool. Which is hilarious. Um. She's then in a film called Surge of Power, Revenge of the Sequel Superhero Comedy. <laughs> what? Uh, and then the last thing that she did in the 2000s, oh, she was working on a film that has no release date called Landfill, which is like a crime fantasy. Um, so according to IMDb, it's been completed, but they just haven't like uh, given any sort of date on the release of that, which is interesting. Michael Dudikoff is in that movie, apparently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like some other like interesting uh, pieces of information we found out. Um, apparently, she dated Rick James. <laughs> Wait, I did not know that. Yeah, uh, James's 1983 hit "Cold Blooded" was supposedly about his brief romance with Linda Blair. I'm sorry, what? That is amazing. Yes, that is absolutely incredible. That Linda yeah. Blair is the inspiration for "Cold Blooded." Yeah, which like good for you, Linda. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Um, so yeah, like Linda clearly still does some work here and there, yeah. but um, her main focus now is that she runs the Linda Blair uh, World Heart Foundation, which is a nonprofit um, dedicated to rescuing and rehabilitating abused, neglected, and abandoned animals from harsh streets of L.A. Um, so nice that she finally got to come full circle on yeah. her dream of that. Um, she also helps to um, rescue animals from overcrowded and overwhelmed um, city and, con- and county animal shelters which we live in Philadelphia, so we know a lot about uh, shelters that are full like that. Um, She works and lives on a two-acre rescue sanctuary uh, full-time, which is pretty awesome. Very cool. Uh, Apparently, after Hurricane Katrina, she personally rescued and transported 51 displaced dogs uh, that had been left to die. Um, So, like, Linda Blair, true animal hero. Love it. Make um, a movie about that. Make a movie about Linda Blair I rescuing know. 51 dogs. Make it like gone I in 60 seconds, but she's got to get 51 yeah. dogs out uh, of the hurricane aftermath. <laughs> um, She still frequently appears at like horror and film conventions, which is really cool. I like, yeah. always love it when people are like down to do the convention circuits. Yeah, when they're like part of the community. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she also wrote a book about veganism called Going Vegan. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, she says, like, she was hospitalized when she was 19, uh, which uh, caused a lot of stress. And between that and bad food, she kind of just, like, began to learn about, like, what she was putting into her body and uh, has has gone vegan, wow. uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, uh, some of the sources I used um, were uh, Looper.com um, had, like, some interesting information about Linda Blair and uh, The Exorcist, as well as EW, um, who did um, a piece on The Exorcist 2 uh, when it was getting its Blu-ray release. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Linda Blair, super cool lady, real into her. Very cool lady, and just, like, a fucking really cool, weird film career where I think there's actually, like, quite a few stops people should probably take that they just maybe mm-hmm. have never heard of or have heard are yeah. bad. Like, I think Exorcist 2 is very good and worth seeing. Yeah, it's so fun. I think Savage Streets, like, c- content warnings for sure, but is, like, a really great yeah. vengeance movie that's And there's worth still seeing. plenty we didn't watch that, yeah. like, I'm really into the idea of watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, every episode of this that we do, I end up with, like, 10 movies on my watch list that yeah. I'm, like, very much looking forward to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, even Hell Knight, I think, is, like, a, you know, as a slasher yeah. fan, I was, like, yeah, very into that. Like, you yeah. should see that if you've not and seen it. And that had been on my watch list for a while, and so I was, like, cool, this is my excuse to watch it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was fun. This yeah, was exciting. Um, should we announce who our next killer bee if is? If you would like to. If you would like to, please. Okay. Uh, so we will be doing what will probably be a two-parter on Rucker Hauer. Hell yeah. Career, which would be really fun. I had to ask you to do it because I couldn't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I who knows? It could be a two or three-parter. He's done a lot of work um, yes. and he's a really cool dude. So we might not want to watch a ton of these movies. Um, Big fan. Can't yeah. wait to talk about Rucker. Yeah. yeah. But uh, thank you all for listening. Yeah. Um, Find us everywhere on the yeah. internet at uh, Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast everywhere online. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. We're on moviejohn.com, J A W N. And uh, you can find me everywhere at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Follow my letterboxed, please. Yes. And uh, listen to my other podcast, I Like to Movie Movie. Uh, you can find me on things as Tori or Victoria Batenza, uh, writing for Movie John pretty frequently. Um, we just watched uh, In the Earth, which I wrote a review for, which will be up soon. Oh, yeah. uh, really fucking weird movie that I loved. Great 2021 uh, movie, so, for sure. So yeah. uh, check out that movie and my review for it. Yeah. 
please do. Uh, yeah, that, that's it, right? Yeah, that's, killer that's bees. Buzz, buzz, buzz.